Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 28 of the Paid to Be Me podcast, the podcast that empowers you to create a lifestyle and business that is authentic, fun, and highly profitable. My guest today is Case Kenny. Case is a podcaster, author, and mindfulness enthusiast. In 2014, Case started blogging and writing about mindfulness and about his life. He then started the new Mindset Who Dis podcast in 2018, which is now an Apple Top 100 podcast. A year later, he started mixing together house music and meditation, which also blew up, making meditation mindfulness more accessible and fun. Case's mission is to live a life of empathy and share powerful perspectives with as many people as possible, spreading positivity, confidence, and hope. In this episode, Case and I talk about creating and maintaining an audience, staying authentic as a growing figure in the personal development space, and how to balance monetization with brand integrity. As always, thanks so much for being here. It means a lot you've decided to spend your time with us, and I'm excited to share this episode with you. Case, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Good to be here. It's nice to meet you too. Absolutely. Excited to have you here. I uh, actually have been following your newsletter and Instagram for some time. So uh, I've uh, been really looking forward to this conversation. Um, but uh, how have you been? What have you been up to recently? I've been good, man. I, I think all things considered, I've been thriving, honestly. I think mm. this uh, weirdness has given me a good opportunity to kind of reset and really focus on on some like business fundamentals and like passion points. And it's been fruitful, I would say. It's been really good, mm. honestly. Like, yeah, uh, no distractions. I've, I've been uh, uh, effective <laughs> lately. So it's been really good. Nice. That's cool, man. I've definitely found the same thing to be true. I think that's the interesting thing about like having so much of our routine interrupted is it just gives you an opportunity to take a look at like, hey, what was just a distraction or like what wasn't actually working for me? And what do I want to refocus on and recommit to? Um, so that's super cool. Um, well, I gave the folks a little bit of an intro to you uh, in the introduction to the show, but I'd love to hear more directly from you. Like what all are you up to right now? Yeah. I, I mean, I, at my core, I'm a podcaster. So what I'm up to is I'm podcasting, man. I'm, I'm, I'm creating cool stuff on my podcast and doing some interesting things there. Um, so I'm fully, fully invested in that. I mean, um, I, I've been a lot of things over the years and I've kind of really simplified things down in the past year. And that's by focusing on what I'm good at, what is growing for me, um, what is passionate, what I'm passionate about. And that's been the podcast and being a successful podcaster and doing that for a living has opened up all kinds of other things. So I think I've been focused on that, um, doing, doing some, uh, you know, really doubling down on what's been working and, and it's been been really great as far as like business outcomes. So super, mm -hmm. super engaged in that. Mm -hmm. Nice, man. And I know you're up to a couple of different things. I know you have the newsletter and your Instagram podcast. I know you have the journal now um, that's out. Um, like where did that, where did the entrepreneurial spark start for you? Yeah. So uh, I'd say 2014, honestly, I, I never was never one of those kids who was like, I want to grow up and be an entrepreneur. I wasn't like slinging lemonades. I, I was never that guy. Yeah. I I'm like come from a, a pretty a traditional education family. Dad was a, a account, accountant. Mom was a lawyer. My brother's a doctor, um, and that kind of vibe. But kind of, I, I realized after I graduated college, moved to Chicago, that I just had this creative itch that wasn't being scratched really. So I started blogging, like the most basic creative output you could do in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, through a variety of different twists and turns, I ended up here being a podcaster. Um, so, I mean, like that, that's like the abbreviated uh, version of, of my journey, but it started with just wanting to be creative, never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I still am at odds with that term because I used to really mm. struggle once I started to get a little bit of success and realize what I could do. I was like, oh yeah, heck yeah, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. But it's <laughs> like, in, in my experience in this realm that I'm playing in, you have to be a content creator first and an entrepreneur second. You can't be an entrepreneur trying to be a content creator. It just doesn't work. It just really, mm -hmm. and I'm happy to dive in, into that. But um, mm -hmm. now I'm an entrepreneur in the sense that I've, I've built something um, really valuable that comes out of mm -hmm. my heart and mouth. And it's made the, you know, made me have, you know, followers who will buy what I have to sell. And then I've created something to sell and like and that kind of linear story. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it started with this creative output that I, that I had with writing and then writing led to an email list and an email list led to a podcast and the podcast led to brand deals and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the quick and dirty scaled down version of how I got here. Yeah. Well, it's like the thing I hear in that too is evolution. It's like starting with a thing that feels really good in the moment and then taking a look at like, all right, what's next? Where do I want to head from here? What is my inclination telling me? What's my intuition telling me? Um, I find it a lot. I I do a lot of work as a coach and uh, it's always so interesting in connecting with people who are like, I don't really know what I want to do. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't really believe that. I think everyone has a better sense than they think that they do about the things that excite them and the things that they would enjoy doing. Um, But what what I find is, you know, actually creating an experience of life where you're doing the things that, are, that you're passionate about and you feel like you're making an impact, it just takes work. And it just takes like actually doing things and realizing, hey, here's what I like and, you know, here's what I don't yeah. like. Dude, I mean, that's exactly it. It took six years to get to this point. And I would say only in the last two years that I really be like, yeah, okay, now I've got it figured out. You know, like, because mm-hmm. I've tried all these things that I don't like. I've realized what I'm not good at. I've realized what won't scale. I've realized what I'm not willing to put in the work for. But at the same time, because of that, I realized what I, I do want. So it took that universe of possibilities down to a couple different things. And I mm-hmm. poked and explored and prodded and tasted and all those things. And I ended up with this kind of one, call it a niche if you want, or just one passion point. And I've, now I'm like fully invested in it. I know exactly where I want to go. I know exactly what I need to do for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels good. It feels um, much less like test and learn, which was my 20s for sure. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, I've, I've learned kind of wh- where I need to point the ship. And now it's about putting rocket fuel in that ship for a case of analogy. But uh, yeah, yeah, it feels good, dude. <laughs> nice. Man. And I know, like, obviously, you're big on mindfulness. That's kind of like your whole shtick. Yep. Is, yep. Did that start concurrently when you started doing the blogging? Or like, when did that start for you? Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, not really, because when I started blogging, it was like a men's lifestyle blog. I was talking, I was talking about like fashion and like men's issues and things like that. There was never really a moment where I was like, I'm going to do mindfulness. I just started. It's just kind of evolved that way. Um, mm-hmm. Like two and a half years ago, I went through like a tough-ish breakup, and coming out of that, I was like, Oh man, I need to. What am I doing with my life? Because I kind of had lost track of a lot of things. So I was like. Um, I, I'm going to start just to, to blog about it. I'm going to kind of take my, my subject matter uh, and make it more personal and a moment of vulnerability. And then from there, I was like, people were like, wow, case that was like really well said, or I'm going through the same thing. Like, this is awesome. And then I, I found that the more I dove into my own personal things, the more I figured out. And then the more I continued to iterate on that, the more people were like, wow, that's powerful. So then I, it just, I gradually got here. I never wanted to be a self-help guy never in a million years. If you asked me five mm. years ago, I probably would have laughed and said that's stupid and that those people are dumb, honestly. Uh, yeah. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was very organic, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said in, in what you just shared, like the idea of leadership and creating a following and having an impact as, uh, as like a reflection or as a, uh, a symptom of vulnerability like actually being willing to dig deep and share what's going on with you um, in the uh, knowledge and in the hopes that it resonates with other people. Um, is that something that is like newer for you? Did like this whole idea of like self-reflection, personal development and growth, like is that something that, you know, you said just happened two and a half years ago? Is that something that's been natural for you? Yeah, I I would say so. I'd say it's new new to me within the last, you know, three, four years. Before that, you know, I, I used to be kind of create content for content's sake, create what people want to hear, that kind of vibe. And none none of it was really derivative of my own experiences. It was mm-hmm. you know, journalism. It was covering the topic as opposed to creating resonance via my own learnings. Um, yeah, it's new in that sense, but like I always say that every like the pod, the podcast is for other people, right? And it's been really popular, uh, and that's great. But at the same time, it's always it's always for me. Like I always say that to people, it's always for me. Every every time I sit down, it's for me because I'm talking through something, and when I talk through something, I learn more, and I progress. So it's this nice mm-hmm. like ecosystem of things that works well for me personally. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I'm blessed to have a, a great following and great listenership, and it, it just has kind of blown up in that sense. So it's turned me into an entrepreneur. But at its core, it's always been about me and helping myself grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know that the this piece around authenticity and like leading through authenticity, I think is something that a lot of 
people and especially entrepreneurs and people who are in the space want to like get better at and create more of for themselves. And I'd be curious for you, like what have been the big uh, like roadblocks or obstacles that you've had to remove in service of you sharing more openly, vulnerably, like bringing more of yourself to your work? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, so th- these are going to sound like weird answers, but one of the things I do to really not like brainwash myself into regurgitating other people's content is, <laughs> it's going to sound so ironic. I really don't like read a lot of self-help. I don't listen to a lot of self-help podcasts. I read a lot of books, but generally I try to stay away from that content because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be regurgitating it. I, I want to sit down and be like a blank slate and literally just talk about what I feel. And that's served me well in that sense. Right. Um, that's number one. I think outside of that, it's, it's removing a lot of the ego that I think is associated with, um, you know, influencing or content creation. Like there's always a yeah. desire to position yourself as someone who is, you know, imparting wisdom or being an expert. Like I, I hate it when people call me an expert or Case Kenny is my guru or these kind of people. I have a great following. I love them, but people are like Case Kenny for president, like these kinds of things. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm just the guy. I I happen to have a voice that resonates with people, but I don't know anything about anything. Like I say that all the time. And I didn't used to be that way because I used to think that to be successful as a business person online, a content creator, you had to be an expert. Otherwise, why would people listen to you? Why would people mm-hmm. pay you if you're not an expert? That used to be my, my stance. And it, it still is like, I, I really don't think I'd be successful if I said I was an expert. Like all, mm. every piece of feedback I ever get on anything is relatability. And to your point, authenticity that people buy from me, people listen to me because I arm them with perspective. I don't tell them what to do. I give them perspective and that perspective resonates because people are going through the same thing and it just works. Um, so initially that was kind of tough to be like, well, how, how am I supposed to build a name for myself? if I'm not an expert. I have to be an expert. I have to be this thing. Um, but I, I realized that that's really not the case. And a lot of people still disagree with me about this. In fact, I was just going back and forth with my editor on my second book, which is coming out uh, in a month. And um, he made a point. He was like, you say a lot in the book that like you think, like, I think that you should do this, or I think that you should do that. He's like, why don't you take that out? Because why don't you tell people what to do? And I just, I just, that never vibes with me. Like, I know that, 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 that logically that makes sense, but I, I really do think that the reason I've been successful is because I'm just relatable and I'm just telling people what I'm going through, how I've made sense of it. And here's the perspective, not what to do, no blueprint, nothing like that. Um, and it, and it's really worked for me. Um, you know, yeah. maybe when I'm older, um, there'll, there'll be something to the point of, okay, Guys, I've learned a lot. I definitely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I now, get it listen, now. listen up, kids. Like that kind of vibe. But I'm 32, man. I, I don't. I, how could I possibly know everything? I think it would be mm-hmm. disingenuous to say that. So, going mm-hmm. off the, the rails here, but you know what I'm talking about. I just, yeah, I'm just really, yeah. I'm really passionate about this. Uh, yeah, that's how I try to stay authentic. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's interesting too because I imagine that the and you know I've seen this too. There's like a pull towards um coming from expert. Like there's a pull towards like, hey, this is how it is you know, this is how it goes, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I think ultimately a lot of, that's what a lot of people are looking for. A lot of people are looking for someone to tell them how it is. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe not necessarily willing to do the work themselves. Um, and so it's just really cool because it sounds like you've created a following of people who understand that like, Hey, you're not going to tell it exactly like it is, but you're going to provide an inquiry. You're going to provide access to asking better, deeper questions, having people take a look at like how they're showing up um, how they are about their lives uh, and creating more awareness for themselves versus telling them like yeah, this. That, that's a good way to say it, man. Yeah. Cause I think what I offer is I offer the questions that you should be asking yourself. Like I created mm-hmm. the new mindset journal and it completely blew up. I sold 10,000 copies in like two and a half months. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's just full of questions. All it is is questions, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I've never seen a journal like this. I've never seen a personality like this who asks the right questions. I think if you don't ask yourself the right questions, you can come up with the right answers and everyone wants the right answers, but they don't know how to get there. And in lieu of being told the answers, you have the, the right questions. So like, yeah, that, that's exactly, I think that's, that's what I offer people. Yeah. 
being in the inquiry of it, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's the exact work that I do as a coach, right? It's like supporting people and coming to their own awarenesses and creating their own answers. Yeah. Um, and I'd be curious for you, you know, in thinking about you, how you're supporting people, like through this journal and asking them those questions, like where do you get your questions from? Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a lot of them are one prompts that I came up with from doing the podcast. You know, I've done 200 and some episodes, so I'm always tackling a different subject. And usually there's a takeaway, usually in the form of check yourself, be vulnerable and ask yourself this question. And based on how you feel about this question, it's a good indication of what you should do next. So I've been doing that podcast for, for quite some time. So mm-hmm. um, through that process, through my own process of, of personal uh, life events, I mean, I really do try to be genuine in that anything I talk about comes from something that I've personally experienced. I would never sit down and you know, draw a hypothesis about something that I've never touched or seen or experienced. So it's all, it's all coming from my life. Usually it's, Hey, here's something that has helped me. And then I'll, I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, back into the question from that or something Mm -hmm. in in some way. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier, you were talking about, um, in the process of creating this, a big piece of it is like removing ego, like removing ego from the equation. Um, and I'd be curious for you, like, how do you intentionally go about doing that? Like, how do you intentionally sit down and take a look at like, hey, here's where, uh, you know, ego or fear is running the show. And here's what's possible if I remove it, or here's like another uh, direction that I want to head with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ego means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Ego could be, you know, being overly brash and boastful or overconfident. Um, I, I define it just as a resistance to being vulnerable. Um, and like that kind of centers me there. And I, I always remember like my mom is an author and I remember growing up, I was like, yeah, mom, I'm going to be an author. No problem. You know, I'm going to write my first bestseller when I'm 20. And she was like, uh, you know, case I, you're definitely going to be an author someday, but you need more life experiences to truly write something that is emotionally relevant and it resonates and it's impactful and it's well-written all these things. She's like, you just need to have patience. And I always remember that that's about writing of course, but it's the same way that I approach anything and stripping mm-hmm. of that ego to know that there's always more that I can learn and always more ways that I can perceive things. And that always kind of, kind of grounds me, certainly, um, in kind of in the way that I present content. There's always more that I can learn. I, I don't know the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I'm very clear on that point at this point. But um, yeah, I, I think I really try to take like a chip off my shoulder in that, yeah, I, you know, people hang on what I have to say. Um, but I think there's a comforting factor to people when I, you know, address the fact that, yes, I have probably learned more than you have. And here I am turning it around and sharing it with you. But we're still all on this journey that's heading one way. And I don't know how many chapters are ahead of me. So in that that mind, how could I, you know, how could I possibly be led by my ego? So that's kind of how I make sense of it in my mind. Yeah. Well, the thing I really hear in that is humility. Like there's just like a very large amount of humility. Yeah. Which uh, yeah. I think is so great because especially in this space where you're looking at these concepts, these ideas about life and about how life works or about how to create a, you know, a more mindful, authentic, you know, successful um, kind of life. I think it can be easy, similar to what we were talking about earlier, to be like, yo, this is exactly how it is. And this is what you need to do. And this is how it goes. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the great thing about humility is it provides an access point and a relatability for people. People can go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I hear that. Like, you know, here's Case. He's created all this really cool stuff. You know, he uh, has this following. And at the same time, like, I can see myself in his current struggles. Like, I can see myself in what he's currently going through. And I think this is the biggest part with with anybody in this, like, self-help work or coaching work, whatever you want to call it. It's, like, supporting people and understanding that the only difference between them and where they want to be is just, it's simply mindset. And it's simply uh, a, a question of what are you willing to do, you know, in terms of work to, to go and create it. Yeah, dude. I love that. I mean, that's it spot on. I mean, humility, humility is the word, but I, you know, it's not like humility for humility's sake. Like humility just works. Like, you know, it's a little bit ironic that I'm, you know, I leverage humility to be successful and that sounds a mm-hmm. little manipulative, but it, but it's true. Like I used to be the guy who would be like, I'm Case Kenny. I've been featured in Forbes and entrepreneur. I like, I want to throw up looking back at that kind of vibe. It, it didn't work. It didn't work. Like it didn't increase my sales. It didn't increase my following. It didn't increase my impact. 
the, and the, the moment that I stopped doing that and leading with the headlines and the BS, and I started doing more of the heartfelt content stuff, it mm -hmm. worked. Subscribers blew up, sales mm -hmm. blew up. So, you know, I can't combat what the universe is showing me that the more humble I am and the more centered I am in that mindset, the more successful I am. So I'm just going to follow that path and be genuine about it all day long. So yeah. that's how, that's how I look at things. I always say that like, I, it's really difficult for a human to be completely like agnostic in their, um, you know, in what they want at the end of the day, you're human and you're always trying it, your actions and your thoughts and your emotions are always self-serving in some way. And I realize that I'm never going to be a completely amazing dude. Um, so I realize that. So it's like, I, I know that being humble is the right way to be. I know it's authentic to me. And I also know that it, it helps me accomplish what I want to accomplish. So there's no downside to being authentic and checking the ego and all those things that I think sometimes handcuff people because they see other people doing it and they assume it's working for them. All those guys who are, who have in their Instagram bio Forbes featured. Um, and of course, no offense to them because I used to do it. Um, you know, it, it, in my experience, it doesn't work, but people mm -hmm. do it. So people think that's the way to success. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I would, of course, it's great to have a press feature. <laughs> no, I'm going off about press, but, uh, you know, that's, that's not how I want to drive. And it's just, I've proven mm -hmm. to myself that doing the opposite, opposite of that is actually what works. So of course I'm going to keep doing it. Nice. Yeah. It's like the counterintuitive, um, uh, like what I hear in that also is trusting gut. It's like trusting your heart and trusting your gut and also seeing that there's like a material, there's like a material success oh, that yeah. comes with yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's like removing this idea, uh, that, you know, success and head-based rational, hard charging, um, scarce, like a scarce approach to leadership and business creation is the only way to do it. Like it's actually yeah. possible to create this really cool synergistic, organization that not only is rooted in compassion and, and mindfulness and authenticity, you know, but also has creates a following, it creates an impact, creates material success for you and, you know, the other people that are in your organization. Um, and that's really cool and very unique. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've been in marketing my whole life. I've been around e-commerce and DDC products my entire life. And I think it's the ability to instill exactly what you just described compassion, those, those emo emotions, right? It's a, the ability to um, prescribe emotions to like products as well. And like being an entrepreneur, like the way it's a way different game to sell someone a journal that opens them up to their best selves versus selling them a bar of soap, which you can market as doing the same, but it's a totally different ball game. So like, mm -hmm. I realized that and everything has to start from that point of emotion. Everything I create has to carry on with that emotion. Um, and, you know, I've just realized that. And it makes sense to me. I don't, I don't want to be a dude who, like, hawks, like, credit cards and mattresses and things like that. Like, <laughs> it's all one and the same to me. It's all that sense mm -hmm. of emotion. Um, so it's, it's simple to me. I'm not that intelligent. So I have to keep things simple, you know. <laughs> so I try to, try to do, do that. Yeah. <laughs> Pursuit mattresses, yeah. Yeah. I'd be curious for you, you know, when you think about this kind of, uh, industry, like the self-help industry and mindset, the mindset industry, so to speak, there's this interesting, um, dynamic where, you know, a lot of times people are looking at how do I build my personal brand as a way to build the business's brand and like drive sales and drive revenue and that sort of thing. So I'd be curious for you, like, how have you seen the interplay of those two things? Like, do you see those as different, you know, the stuff that you're building with pursuit and with the journal mm -hmm. and the new mindset, like how do those, your personal brand and the company brands intertwine? And like, how do you actually go about navigating that balance? It's all one and the same. I think ever since I put myself forward as the front of the brand, things blew up. When I first started Pursuit, I was like, Pursuit is a media company and we have amazing people and it's great. And it's like, no one cared, right? It was mm -hmm. the second that I'm like, hey, all right, guys, got to be real with you. I'm Case. It's just me. I write these things. That was when it blew up. Um, so I think if there's ever an opportunity to lead with personality and character before the brand, you always do that. Always, always, always do that. Um, and even, even with pursuit, like pursuit, for example, update, I'm actually folding pursuit, um, under the new mindset, uh, mm -hmm. brand. So like it's an email list and I'm just going to move it under new mindset. I'm in the mm -hmm. process of doing that for the sole reason of just everything, everything is me. There's no need to like create these different things and confusion around that. Um, but I mean, I, I, I think there's always 
so much more power in being a personality led brand than a, a brand that, you know, tries to become personality led. Like, um, mm. I really think, you know, everything I create is from my, my purview. So why not bring myself to the front of it? And I, I used to really be resistant of that. Um, mm. Maybe it was just being self-conscious or, you know, imposter syndrome or any, any one of the kind of limiting factors that we all face. But ever since I like stepped out and was like, guys, there's no need to hide behind saying we are, no, it's just me. I'm just case. I just created this thing. I have some people who work mm -hmm. for me, but it's like, this isn't a company. This isn't a media company. I'm just a dude. Um, that's kind of honestly what, you know, blew everything up. It was literally that it was like 2018 when I started doing that before that it was, everything was kind of wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. And in that too, specifically, you know, it's something that I noticed that like I've struggled with too. Like I have this business that I'm creating podcast and there's this sense of like, who am I as an individual and who am I as a person? And I'm uh, very fortunate in that I'm working with a couple of people from a branding perspective. And that's one of the things that they're really harping on is like, Hey, you know, so much of this is like your personality because people buy into you because they want to be like you, you know, um, what shift, I'd be curious, like what shifted for you? in that conversation, you mentioned a couple things like imposter syndrome or, you know, whatever it is, but for you specifically, like what shifted for you that had you say, Hey, this is actually really important. I'm going to bring myself to the forefront. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm a pretty intuitive person. And honestly, it just, it just felt fake. It just mm -hmm. felt, it just wasn't real. And I just didn't sit well with me anymore. That's the, that's the easiest answer to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then from there, to my point earlier, I kind of graduated into being like, not only does it feel freeing and just so much more authentic to be like, all right, this is who I am. This is the brand. And then realizing that the more I dove into that, the more it helped me as a person, like going mm -hmm. through issues and like navigating that. Um, and then the whole ecosystem just enclosed yeah. it on itself in the way that uh, people reacted to that. So I created more, I learned more, I developed more, it helped people and so on and so forth. So it was honestly mm -hmm. just kind of being intuitive to, to that fact. Nice. And for you, as you've thought about, cause I, imagine that that is probably a big um, uh, point of direction for you, like listening to gut, listening to intuition. Yeah. Um, like how, I'd just be curious because I love asking people this question, how have you noticed your relationship with intuition change over time? And like what kind of things, like what sorts of things do you do to actually strengthen that relationship? Yeah, I mean, that like for example, the journal was built entirely around that idea. How do you cultivate self-awareness in yourself? And I think what I've realized over the years is I am not effectively self-aware when I sit down and I'm just like, all right, Case, let's be aware. Let's be aware of our feelings. It just doesn't work like that for me. It's the same way with meditation. Standard meditation doesn't work for me. I need, I need a catalyst. And the catalyst to my point earlier was questions. I have to ask myself, I have to sit myself down and ask myself the exact question I want an answer to. It's like when people are like anxious for no reason and you just can't figure it out. You know it's not effective to sit down and be like, I am anxious. What is going on? You have to like really prod into it. Start with yeah. a question and then see how low you could take that question until you figure it out. So like, that's honestly what I did. I think before, um, I don't know, call it maturity wise or just emotional capacity wise, I just wasn't good at asking myself questions. I would mm -hmm. just sit with just general, um, you know, feelings and I wouldn't dive into them. Um, so mm -hmm. I wasn't effectively, um, you know, intuitive. I don't know if I've shifted from being, what is it? INTJ or INFJ or feelings for staying or whatever it was, but it's definitely yeah. been a shift. Like I'm just so much more better. It's like, I'm the same human I was before, have the same problems and same emotions, but I'm much quicker at identifying them, asking myself question. You know, I do this thing where I ask myself why until I get to the answer. I ask myself mm -hmm. why 10 times if it just mm -hmm. keeps leading me down a path. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that has kind of really helped me evolve in that sense. Yeah, nice. There's, um, I love what you, in that, like this idea of head versus heart. It's something that I've struggled with a lot and I'm just starting to like really break through. Um, Cause I think for a lot of people, there's this sense of like the head is safe. Like it, you get how it goes. Like it's this very logical kind of like black and white um, construction and everything fits into this set of rules, but there's ultimately a ceiling. Like there is only so much that you can do in terms of, you know, results creation and, and especially connecting with people when it comes from just like living from your head. And so I love that idea of like, Hey, how do I actually get more in touch with like what's happening with me emotionally? What do I, how do I get in touch with what's happening in my heart? 
and, and speak that out into, you know, speak that out into existence so I can get ownership yeah. of it and then do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. And I think I, I back to my point earlier, everything on a human level, there has to be something that serves you. Otherwise it's really tough to live that life. So it's me. I always have to find motivation in something like, or incentive. That's the better word. Like, what is my incentive to be more intuitive? Like, I don't always know because being intuitive isn't always easy. It could be frustrating, feel anxious. You can make um, decisions that are tough and, and all that kind of jazz. But for me, it's like, I always talk about that. My biggest fear is, is regret, right? The mm-hmm. pretty she- cliche fear. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's big for me as I think yeah. it would be for most people. And I've realized that tuning from your head to your heart really helps you address that. And, you know, mm-hmm. regret generally comes from your heart knowing that you could do more or different or be curious about something or chase something like it generally comes from there. So I've incentivized mm-hmm. myself that when I'm up, when I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to trust head or heart or whatever it may be, it's like, well, case, like, what do you want out of this? Why? I don't want any regret. Okay. Well then dive into <laughs> that heart, you know, that kind of vibe. So that, yeah. that, you know, it's like rewarding yourself with a cookie. I don't, I just have to think of something that works for me. I'm not, like <laughs> human, you know? So that's, that's yeah. the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like self-training too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool too. Cause it takes like, it takes a certain amount of elevation and perspective to get to the point where you're actively training your own experience and like actively training your brain. Um, I do that when I, eat, if I eat too much, I'll literally sit there in it and I'll be like, this is what happens. This is what <laughs> happens when you eat too much. So, yourself, so next yeah. time, yeah, so next yeah. time, you know, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love what you shared around regret too. I yeah. think it's such an interesting thing. Regret like, you know, what I find is it comes mostly either from, you know, an, uh, an unwillingness to forgive or an unwillingness to actually see the lesson in whatever the experience was. And there's yep. so much opportunity and joy and peace, I think, that comes from just forgiving yourself for how it's gone. And then looking at how do I avoid this <laughs> moving forward? Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Minimizing regret doesn't mean cutting your hair and moving to a different country. It, it could be just more emotionally driven and listening to what you learned. What did you mm-hmm. learn two relationships ago so you don't do it again? Like mm-hmm. simple stuff like that, as opposed to mm-hmm. being like, face bomb, I did it again. You know, yeah. that's regret and yeah. you didn't have to do it. So yeah, same, same thing. It's like a question of intentionality. This is also part of why it's so funny. I was reading through a lot of your stuff earlier today. And um, I, the thing that I really appreciate about what you're up to is the message is super clear. Like it's just very clear and it's very flat and it's very basic. And so much of it has to do with choice and becoming more mindful, um, which I think is such an important message because the vast majority of people don't do that. The vast majority of people aren't asking those questions of themselves and taking a look at like, Hey, what do I have to learn from this relationship? Or like, what do I have to learn from this experience? Yeah, dude, it's got to be clear. I mean, I've never been one of those. I, okay, I'm I'm in the self help space. I'm a mindfulness guy. I do motiv- I do meditations and all this. But at the end of the day, like talk around, oh, you got to align your frequency with the universe and make like all this stuff. I'm like, dude, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. I'm gonna go eat Chipotle and do an arm workout. Like, I don't, know, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. So it's it's got to be simple. It's got to be simple for me, and I can only write from how I think. So I write it and it's simple. That's the yeah. end of the day. Like that's mm-hmm. why. Self, I, I respect any single person who contributes a piece of content or perspective to the self-help space. I think it's amazing. But I've just never vibed with the people who, you know, use such cliches and rhetoric and talk about vibrations. I just don't, I just don't get it. I'm sure it's a mm-hmm. thing. I just, I'm just a simple dude. I need simple explanations for things. So that's, that's how I operate and that's what comes out and uh, mm-hmm. it seems to work. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's so funny. I remember at one point being like, man, there are all these self-help books and like, it feels like they all just say the same thing and, you know, who am I to get involved in this space and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's interesting because, you know, you sort of think about like, yes, a lot of it's saying the same type of thing, but that's also really important. And there's also a certain subset of the population that is only going to be able to hear you the way that you talk about these very important topics. And like, that's very important. Just continuing to add more uh, ladders for people, so to speak, or like more doorways so that people who are ready to hear that kind of information and who are ready to hear that message and who are ready to like grow into, you know, more conscious version of themselves, like they have an access point to creating that. Yeah, that was my whole thing. So I do this other project where I mix together dance music and meditations. And a lot of people are like, dude, what? Huh? Like, initially, people just didn't get it. And now it's like my most popular thing I do. And because 
traditional meditation people hate it. And I get that because they, they have their definition of meditation and meditation means calming your mind, clearing your mind, being still within the world. And that's a vibe and I get that. But then there's these people like myself who just haven't found it that effective or they struggle with doing it um, consistently and all those kinds of things. And my unique way, I suppose, of doing it helps them and it, and it works. Mm. Um, so yeah, if I'm helping a, a subset of a subset of people, or if I'm getting 2% more people to try something, I'm all for it. And for the people mm-hmm. who say that's silly, or that's oversimplifying life, um, then that's fine. You know, I don't care. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so you know, I'm just gonna, as long as I help one person, um, I'm for it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's not for them. <laughs> it's yeah, not, for, it's them. not <laughs> for them. I, like, yeah. I, I know that sometimes like I try to do these medit these these uh dance music meditations every you know once a month or every five or six episodes and I know sometimes I lose people because that's not their vibe and they just don't like it but I'm going to continue doing it cuz I love it I think it's cool and I know it helps some people so I'm just going to mm. keep doing it totally yeah the um so one of the pieces that I really love about you know well so part of the part of the um impetus and mission of this show is redefining the, the term lifestyle entrepreneur and having people understand, you know, what it means to create an, uh, a life that's a direct reflection of who you are as an individual, um, which a, a big part of which is also lifestyle, like how you live, where you live, how you build your schedule, that sort of thing. Um, so I'd be curious for you, like how has lifestyle played into how you've built your businesses, how you've gone about making career decisions? Yeah. I mean, it's everything, man. I, I, you know, everyone always asks me, how do you have so much, like, how do you have time to do that? Like, you're a machine, like, holy, like, how are you, you've been doing this for years and you've never missed a beat. And the answer is, was because it's not a to-do list for me. It's literally my lifestyle. It's not a, it's not a, you know, it's, it's such an ingrained habit because it's to my point earlier, it's so personal to me. Like everything is intertwined. It's, I'm not truly working. I know that's cliche, you know, love what you do, you never work, but like, I'm really, I really don't feel like I'm working. I really don't, you know, I never, I, I can't remember a single time when I sat down, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm always eager to do it. I think it's great. I think social media certainly helped because I lead with that and having a feedback loop and dopamine and all that. And maybe I'm addicted to it. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, my hands shaking. I need my likes, but um, it helps because it's a great feedback loop. I have amazing supporters. You know, I never feel like I, I am underwater um, or I have to put something together just to put it together. I always feel motivated to do it or I think what are the right reasons. So, I mean, it truly is my lifestyle. There, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way around that. And I've created it mm-hmm. that way. Uh, and it's great. And it didn't always used to be like that when I was doing pursuit initially, it definitely felt like it because I was, I was trying to build a media company mm-hmm. and, and pair it with that are going to be a lot of BS things. And, but now it's like, I don't have a title on what I'm doing. I'm just trying to be more case Kenny and be more impactful. And along with that comes some business operational type stuff, but Mm. it's all connected. So it's just Mm. things that I have to do and I want to do them and I don't see them any other way. I mean, I work, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, but it doesn't really feel like that. Mm, Nice. Yeah. It's, um, you know, a big part of my mission and my work also is creating an experience of work and business and life that's just fun, where it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like work. It just feels right. like I just get to show up and do this thing. Um, and I think it's so interesting how counter that is a lot of times to people's perspectives on career or on work. It's like a very uh, like a very puritanical work ethic. Like you have to suffer and it has to be hard <laughs> in order for you to create anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but what I love about what you're sharing is like, it doesn't actually have to be like that. Like it can actually be this really enjoyable, joyful, fulfilling experience that feels aligned. And granted, it takes some work to get there. But at the end of the day, if that's the type of lifestyle that you're looking to create, which I think everybody is, it's a question of like, are you willing to, to put in the work to get to the point where yeah. you can have that? That's, I totally agree with you, man. Yeah, I think it's completely obtainable, but you're going to have to wade through some BS to get there. You're going to have to wade through the puritanical nine to five, nine to eight, 40, 50, 60, 80 hours a week to, to figure it out. And mm-hmm. eventually you'll get there. Like I said, I mean, I started this in 2014, six, seven years. Um, not that long of a time, to be honest, in the larger mm-hmm. scope of things. Um, mm-hmm. And things, things just evolve over time. So you could absolutely find that balance. I see no, mm-hmm. no reason why you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about too, you know, in looking at creating an audience, I know you talked earlier about how you really have to be a creator before you can be an entrepreneur, before you can like really 
um, monetize it or turn it into a business. I'd be curious for you, like as you've built your audience, like what have been some of the core things that you feel have helped you be successful in creating and maintaining uh, that audience? Yeah. I mean, uh, the first thing, of course, is value, right? Of course, you got to be valuable. <laughs> I won't even go there. We, we know this. Um, I mean, I think a, a big part of the reason I'm successful is I ask for what I want. Like, you know, I, I know everyone on podcasts is like, you know, like, subscribe and share and all that stuff. But I ask for it all day, every day. That's, and I'm very clear about that. I'm very clear. And, in in, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Reciprocity. I'm like, yo, I don't do sponsors. All I ask of you is to do this. And people do it. And they do it all day, every day. Um, so that's one thing. I also think, again, marketing cliche number two, creating snackable, shareable content is key. I mean, the reason I blew up, blew up, the reason I, you know, my podcast took off when it did was because people shared it, right? Mm-hmm. I had an unfair advantage in that I had a big email list and that, that really put some fuel in it. But from there, it's like, it's just because people share it. And I think I have created content in a way that lends to that short content, digestible, I break it apart in, in social uh, and people share it and I ask them to share it and I ask for ratings mm-hmm. and reviews and I use that social mm-hmm. proof to further me up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so things, mm-hmm. things like that, man. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's all, you know, I think I do some of it subconsciously because again, I'm kind of ADD and I can't sit for a, you know, I can't sit around and hear me mumble about things for so long. So I run out of gas after 14 to 18 minutes on the podcast and I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it just works uh, mm-hmm. to that tune. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel I could, so I call myself a dude, bro guy on the show. Um, and I definitely am. I, I've definitely kind of used to have that, you know, I used to like going to the clubs and kind of being a bit of a tool, but I've definitely graduated from that, but I maintain that branding for the reason that it does kind of help me stand out. Like being, being just a dude, who's a dude who likes dude stuff. Like it's different from the shamans and gurus and astrology vibration frequency people who I think just kind of they have got they do great stuff but they do it for people who are into that and I would say the mass market is not into that I might be wrong but um so mm-hmm. I just try to be relatable I try to be a guy mm-hmm. who's a guy um you know who likes lifting heavy weights and eating chipotle and listening to house music and I also have this like softer side and it, it tends to work because yeah. it's real it's real you know yeah. I'm, I'm not creating an image that isn't real but mm-hmm. I definitely play to it because I realize that it works mm-hmm. yeah well, and it plays exactly into this whole idea of authenticity. Like that's actually why it works um, is because that's who you actually are. And it's so, it's so funny. I, uh, you know, being in the coaching industry, I'm connected with a lot of coaches. Um, yeah. Part of the leg up that I have is that I'm a man and most coaches, a lot of coaches are women, a lot of like right. life coaches are women. So that's, that's an advantage. But I also have to look at like, all right, what is it that I'm bringing to the table that nobody else is? And the funny part about it, when you're connected with a lot of coaches, you start to realize how much people post the exact same thing literally the ex- it's like the exact same kind of content um and uh you know i've talked about it it's like you walk into like a food court and there's like thousands of oatmeal shops yeah. and everyone's serving oatmeal and it's like every because it's like well who doesn't like oatmeal it's you know it's bland you know versus like you got to be willing to like serve something spicy like you got to be willing to like go out on a limb and serve something different and that's actually going to be the thing that even if it pisses a lot of people off or doesn't, people don't like it. Like that's actually going to be the thing that works. In the end. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's a great point. I think, I think my, my, my music meditation stuff kind of did that initially. Cause it was just so kind of like, eh. like, mm-hmm. um, I, I am convinced I, I am super stubborn on certain things. And there's this one company, I won't say who it is, but they're big in the meditation space. And I, know exactly who I need to talk to over there. I know exactly who I need to win over over there. And I, I talked to this person twice a month. Um, it's a little bit of a one-sided conversation, basically me <laughs> reaching out, but hey, whatever. Uh, and I'm like, hey, meditation needs to go broader. You need to bring in dance music. I'm your guy when you're ready to rock. Let's, let's talk. And I, I, I tell you, you talk to me in two years, it's going to be a vibe over there. And you know, I refuse to let go of that. So you, know, you mm-hmm. sprinkle your own special sauce however you can, but I, I think mm-hmm. eventually it's, it rewards you. Mm-hmm. in big ways. So I'm all about it. Well, the thing I hear in that too is the, it's the commitment to the higher purpose. Like it's actually the commitment to the intention and the impact of that particular medium. Like, yeah, it's different. And yeah, it might, be, it might go against what's currently mainstream or, or how people have thought about meditation, but ultimately the intention is the same. 
And it's to support people in becoming more mindful and support people in becoming better versions of themselves. And uh, it just makes it so much easier then to just stick to it uh, and also be confident. You know, when you were saying earlier about being willing to go out and ask people to like and share and subscribe, it's because there's a, a level of trust and confidence that you have in the product ultimately um, that like what you're doing is um, for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a part of that that I didn't add earlier was I'm big on like feedback loops and just the approachability. So like I answer everyone who DMs me for the most part, I try to, um, I give out my phone number for people to text me. Like I'll do voice messages back to people. I think at a certain point you can't scale. Um, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm almost at that point, but I think just the ability to give that to people is just, it's just different. I think a lot of people who make it as content creators, something happens and they just think that, you know, you know, my team will handle that or, you know, I don't have time for that. You, have, you do have time for it. You do have time for it if you're honest with yourself. Yeah. So I'm big mm -hmm. about that. And I really try to stay rooted that I'll never be like too big for, you know, responding to a DM or something like that. But mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff helps. And it helps mm -hmm. solidify that. Yeah, you might be doing something a little wonky or weird or crazy or spicy. But, you know, you're still the same person and you're doing it for the right reason. And I think that it helps long run for sure. Totally. Um, you know, one of the things that I've uh, found to be interesting about building community, especially in the, well, in the mindfulness space and ultimately with the intention of like, hey, I'd like to monetize this or I'd like to turn it into something that um, is a business itself. Um, sometimes there's this question of like brand integrity versus like monetization or like financial impact. And I'd just be curious for you, like how have you gone about navigating that conversation? Yeah. I mean, I think the simplest way is I, I didn't make any money on any of my projects up until like a year ago. <laughs> so uh, that speaks one to my lack of prowess as a business person, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but second, um, you know, I was very uh, stubborn about what I would do. It's like my thinking was like, when I when it's time to ask my audience to do something that could benefit me financially, I want to do it once, twice, or three times, and that's it. I don't want to be telling them one week to buy skinny green tea, the next the credit, like to be that guy. So stop doing sponsorship deals right away once I started to be that guy and realize that. Um, and and two, I mean, as an entrepreneur, I've always had the mindset I never want to build a business uh, a business based on advertising. I just I just don't think that's truly uh, effective. Um, I wanted to build something. I wanted to get mm -hmm. my hands dirty to my point earlier. I'm mm -hmm. creative and I just wanted to do that. So um, I think it was a combination of that and a combination of a vision knowing that I'm never going to stop doing this. So why not have a little bit more patience and put off monetization another year while I work on it? it took me nine months to develop the journal, way longer than I thought it would. I just finished yeah. book number two, it took me six months, which was way longer than I th thought it would. Um, but I'm fine with it because to my point earlier, I'm still growing. I'm doing all these great things. And I want to ask my audience to do one thing and one thing only. And when I do, I'm going to do it and it's going to, it's going to happen and it's going to be great. You know, mm. people, mm -hmm. how are people going to trust me if one week I'm selling them this and the next that, yeah. like, it just seems a little disingenuous to me. So I was very mm -hmm. rooted in that idea. Um, and seems to have worked. Nice. What's the, um, like, what's the vision for you? Long-term vision. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. I was trying to put it into one sentence and wasn't very good at it. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, I, like my, my vision is I want to be the biggest podcaster in the world. If we're, if we're talking like big mm -hmm. lofty goals, mm -hmm. um, if we're rationing it down a little bit, it's like, I want to impact as many people as I can. You keep going down. It's like, I want to be financially sound and totally free and I don't want to work for anyone ever. Um, so some combination of that, but it's very rooted in whatever it is. It's me sharing my voice, whether that's through writing, social or podcasting. And I want to do it in a way that's authentic to me. So a la mm -hmm. to the tune of house music or something uh, related. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'd be curious too, like, you know, it, the cool part, I think about where you're at in building this audience and starting to build this ecosystem is it gives you an opportunity to like try different things. Um, is there anything that you haven't like built yet that you're like, Oh, that would be super fun actually to create that. Even if it's like a little bit out there or off brand. Uh, I mean the one I, I, YouTube is something I really want to do. Um, I don't want to become a vlogger by any means. Um, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, that, that's big. I want to do that. And I also want to do live events. I want to, I want to throw, I want to throw a freaking dance party and have it be cool. Not like some of the ones I've seen. I want it to just be really, really dope. 
Um, mm. So yeah, I'd say those things. Mm. Not TikTok nice. though. I refuse to. Yeah. Be on TikTok. <laughs> no. no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, hey, it has been such a pleasure. Um, where can people find you online? Yeah, simplest is probably Instagram at case.kenny or you could go to newmindsetwhodis.com and everything is laid out there or the podcast is New Mindset Who Dis. It's on all streaming platforms. Awesome. And uh, do you have a piece of parting wisdom for the folks listening to build bigger, better businesses? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, uh, I, th- I think probably it's the same life advice I would give if it was a life advice question. It's that there, there's no right way to do it. I think the, and, and with that being said, I think, there is a wrong way and the wrong way is to think that there is a right way. I say that all the time. And I think all the time when it comes to building a business, we buy into these preconceived notions that you got to do this, that you got to get this feature and that feature and you got to scale to this and that and this valuation you have to raise and all those things like you don't have to. We live in a crazy world, an even crazier world now. There's opportunities to do things your way, build it from your heart and scale it to where you want to be. And I think just realizing that there's no blueprint out there. Learn from other people, definitely be inspired by other people, but know that the right way is the way that you settle on that works for you and that provides you the, the financial you know, stability that you're looking for from your business. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's so important, breaking up the idea of how it's supposed to go and giving people free reign to be like, hey, if you actually just got to say exactly what it looked like, what would it look like? <laughs> and then yeah. you get to build it. You Imagine get to build that. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, the way that I love to end these shows, cases with acknowledgement, um, are you open to me acknowledging you? Sure. Cool. So a um, couple of things actually that I want to acknowledge you for, Case, but the first and foremost is um, thanks for your humility, man. Like it's really cool to, like I said, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Um, and the thing that I get from you is the level of humility that you bring to the work that you do, <clears throat> which I think is really important because it provides people a super powerful access point to learning the things that you've come to realize and ultimately then learning more about themselves. Um, So thanks for who you are out in the world from a humility perspective. Thanks for your focus on service and commitment to service. You know, I think sometimes it can be kind of a fickle thing creating a business in the self-help space, but like, thanks for just being so committed to impacting other people that you're willing to like go out on a limb and just do things that um, are outside of the, uh, outside of the norm. Um, So thanks for your authenticity. Um, Thanks for your vulnerability man, like, thanks for just like being super open and transparent and honest um, with everything that you're up to. Um, Thanks for being such a leader. Um, I also wrote down the word visionary. Like, I just really get that too from you. There's this sense of intentionality and there's this sense of being super clear about what it is you want to build and the impact that you want to have. So I've got no doubt, man, that like, you'll be one of the largest podcasters, YouTube, live events, um, like it's just, it's been really, really cool to just get to follow you online and now to, to be in conversation with you. So thanks for the work that you do, man. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you, man. That makes me feel great. <laughs> Thank you. And if I had to return the favor in the 54 minutes that we've been talking, I would acknowledge you and say, I, I feel like you're a, a really empathetic guy, which I think empathy is the, the biggest and best quality that anyone could have. So I appreciate you, man. It's great meeting you. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this show and want to stay up to date on new episodes or other special offers, I'd invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if there's ever anything I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. See you next time.